the dark with Marn. Have you fucked up yet? Success comes with fuck ups. Alright, so welcome to another episode of After Dark with Mark. Today I have the great pleasure of having a, a, a friend of mine now that uh, we got to know each other about a year ago and um, like that was really funny. One thing that you said to me was, it's like if we were gay, we're probably gonna we would hit on each other. That's not what you said to me. <laughs> something like that. Be comfortable with yourself to say something like this to another guy, right? <laughs> David Conway, thank you so much for doing this, my friend. Yeah, you're very welcome. Nice to be here. Um, now, tell me, I mean, you had a lot of fuck-ups over uh, the years with your business and all this. When was, the first, uh, when was the first time that you did your first million? Uh, it would have been in... Well, I started out on my own in 2009. And uh, I would have done my first million in business uh, maybe 2014. How old were you at the time? Uh, 30. 30 years old. So yeah. it's, not, it's not usual that people are earning that kind of money. So what, what was necessary for you? Like at 30, I mean, what was necessary for you to get to that point? that you can really put it together and say, okay, you know what? Uh, now it's working. Now I'm, I'm, I'm getting it down. Um, I think really I had a plan and, uh, you know, looking back now, I think the plan was uh, fairly reserved or slow and steady style, which, which still is very good. Um, but yeah, the plan was to slowly start building up our real estate company. And I really, really stuck to the plan. And now that I look back, I think I probably could have executed even faster. But I, you know, I really just worked with, with what I had um, all, all, all by myself, really. I think that was the main problem, never getting like really proper mentorship or, or proper direction. So I kind of was in the trenches. I know if you, yeah, 30 years old is young, but I think I could have accomplished it way faster. Now, a lot of kids out there are thinking exactly the same way that you're thinking right now. Is like, I have to do it myself. You know, I can do this on my own. Actually, it's kind of a, it's kind of a I, I would say a disease is we believe that we have to do it on our own. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, no question. Like, um, not only that, I think even it is even deeper. It's like we don't even know who to ask. I don't even think we're taught even to ask. You know, it's not that, uh, you know, common of a dinner table topic or, or when you're out with your friends, like, you know, trying to earn a million dollars. It's really not that common of a topic. So I think that most people um, are never really even exposed to the idea that that's even possible. And then if they were, they wouldn't even be in an environment that's, you know, conducive to uh, the unfoldment of it. Now, you understand a little bit better what, what happened to you at the time. Um, in the past year, your life had been changing drastically. Now, you still, you still were successful in terms of the uh, society standards. 
but you did not have uh, a a complete life, if I may, if I may use that term. But in the past year, you've been doing some drastic change in your life. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so I like change, you know, and um, it excites me. I think it drives my wife crazy sometimes. (laughs) Does it does for all of them? (laughs) Yeah. Before she married me, I think she just lived in one house her whole life. And then when she married me, she lived, she's lived in like 10 or 15, 10 or 15 houses. So always change. But I think I got that from my parents. Um, Yeah, for me, like, on the business front, things, things were, things were moving forward, not, not, not to the quantum leap level that I've, that I've heard other people and, and, you know, would read about other people achieving. Um, But I think the main thing for me was inside, I think I'd stopped growing or the growth, like internal growth, like as a person had really stopped. And um, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? uh, What do I mean by that? I, I guess like that life, it's, it's hard to explain because it's non-physical, I guess, but just that feeling of life, like life flowing through you, um, that inside that almost like that spark is, is, is alive and well, and um, you're moving to and through. So around 2015, I had this feeling, I, I didn't really have an, any ideas connected to it. It was just more like a feeling like you're missing something or something bigger or, you know, this, this can't be it. You know, like if, like I said, if you looked at David from the outside, um, you know, had the, had the house, had the family, had the, had the BMW out front, um, you know, had a lot of things uh, that most people would like. But you uh, feel empty. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not like things were bad or anything. It's, it's not that, you know, I was like walking around like a miserable individual or anything, but just something just, just a little bit like stale, I guess, just kind of not 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 that much internal growth to the degree that i that i that i would like now would you say that a lot of people that are achieving success financially are experiencing exactly that oh no no question like i think there's a lot of people out there uh because i've since since my my new position uh since i've begun to you know do consulting myself um I've talked with hundreds of people and there's absolutely no question that there's quite the large uh, population of people that to a degree or in society standards are very successful uh, or successful. Some are very extremely successful, but inside they're not doing that well at all. Um, Yeah. Like I said, like that spark or that growth has stopped and then they kind of fall into a trap because really the outside world with your results are telling you, you should be happy with that or most people would kill to be in your position or, you know what I mean? Um, And then that's the difference between happy and being satisfied. I think, you know, we should always be happy and grateful for what we have, uh, but never satisfied. And that's, that's a whole nother um, world that you can start. So, I mean, you talking crazy talk right now, when you're talking about this, this inside that was not growing, which you know, if you don't understand what you're talking about, I mean, like people are just listening to this right now. It's just like, what the hell is he talking about? You know, give me something so I can, I can hang on. I can, I can grasp what you're going to, like what you, what you're referring to, because it is, it is very, it's because it's not material because it's not like a phone. You know, if you say a phone, you, you can grab it. You understand it. 
if you're talking about a car, a house, but it is this, this emptiness, this, this void that you have inside that you need to feel. And then you're feeling this by growing. This is where you're referring to. So how do you do that? Like, because you grew up into an environment like this, where that your parents have been bringing you into that type of environment where that you were having like fast growth. And that's probably one of the reasons why you were able to build this business and, and earn millions of dollars, you know, in, in late twenties, beginning of thirties. And, but at some point when you did it, then it was still not fulfilling in a way. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Growth is the name of the game. Like, like if you think about it, like think about every, think about when someone shares something with you, like if someone's going to, um, let's say someone started going to the gym, that'd be an easy one. Like if someone started going to the gym or if you started going to the gym, you begin to share that with people. People say, oh, what are you up to? And you're like, oh, I'm going to the gym now. Or if you like, you're going to try a new, you're going to try keto diet or Atkins diet or whatever, then you start sharing that. So whenever anything is new in someone's life, they begin to share it like the reason that they shared is because it's an unknown thing and they're excited to, to start doing something that they don't normally do. Right. So it's just automatically we start sharing these ideas with people, you know, like if you, and then you begin to see it everywhere. You begin to see it everywhere. So it's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to the gym now. And then you start seeing people that aren't going to the gym and then people start, people will start um, saying, Oh, I'm suffering from this or that and the other. And then you're like, man, you should go to the gym. Like mm -hmm. I, I went um, like my brother, even just last week, he, he said uh, that he started doing dry needling for his legs because they're like, he has pain in his legs. And uh, I thought, my God, I never thought of that. Like, especially like an acupuncture. Yeah. So then, so then now I've gone and I got the acupuncture. Well, I don't know if this is part of my personality, but since I've gotten the acupuncture, I've probably told 10 people to go do acupuncture. Yeah. So basically this, this growth, it, it's feeling a void, which if you stop growing, then that void takes space or it's growing, right? So it's yeah. either you grow or the void grows. Is, is that where, yeah. what you're referring to? Yeah, that's right. Like, I think that, you know, we, we don't realize that we're no different than the tree or the blade of grass, like either that blade of grass or that tree is growing or it's dying. Right. And um, if we don't have something to grow towards, uh, we start getting pretty hollowed out. And when we get hollowed out inside, then we start becoming dependent on things. So I know that I've fallen into the trap. I'm sure many people on your podcast can relate, you know, like in the evening you form up these habits so, oh, you're tired from work. So let's say work's not that satisfying. Let's, let's say, so you're, you're tired after work and then you go through the motions of making the dinner, eating the dinner, uh, cleaning up after the dinner. And then you're like, oh, I'm so tired. I need, I need to decompress. Well, first thing we do to decompress is we'll go and watch TV or something like that. And then it forms this cycle where we're, we become completely dependent on outside things to solve inside problems. So I've, I've been talking to a lot of people around like the word motivation and motive. So a lot of times like you'll have people that'll be on YouTube or they'll be searching things outside to, to fill that void, but it ain't never going to happen. So motivation, people look outside for motivation. What they really need to do is they need to look inside for a motive. Like what's something, what's one area I don't know about? And then the unfortunate part is when people don't know about something, 
then they become embarrassed and they don't ask about it. Well, mm. that's just simply you not knowing that area. So let's say you want to start studying diet. Well, what are you going to do to start learning about diet? You're going to start studying it. And then you're going to start searching for people that know more than you in that area. Mm -hmm. And then like, this is where the, the growth's going to start. Yeah, it also, yeah, exactly. I think the first thing is like, you have to become dissatisfied with what you have. I think that's the first phase that it starts where you're like, oh, dang, like, I'm just not really all that, that happy. But like for me, like it took me two and a half years to even figure that out because you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And, and again, what, what you said is like, I could have done that faster and be more efficient in achieving that plan and earning my first million. If I would have had the support and a mentor or someone to show me the way, because there's other people that have done that before that were probably more efficient that you were and uh, it would have just shortened and, and accelerate that process for you to earn that first million. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you even think about environment too, like what would happen was I never changed my environment. So I was just keeping doing the same things that I've always done. And with then the same people. With the same people, but yet building something different. So every time I would mention, like, because I was at a real estate company, and every time I would mention, you know, people ask me, well, how many places do you own or whatever? And I, you know, we're up to about 41 at one point there. And, you know, you say that to people and they're like, that's insane. Or how do yeah, you their, their jaw, their jaw is dropping. It's just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like we are. Yeah. Like I was on schedule to retire in six years from the conception to the finish up. But then I'm, then I was thinking about, well, what's even the, the point in that? Like, why would I even retire? Like, why would I retire in my, in my thirties? It's kind of strange. Boring, man. Boring. What yeah. do you do with your life all that time? You know, yeah, yeah, so, you play some golf, uh, do fishing and all yeah, those I don't things, like but, any of those things. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you've got a problem. So yeah, I got a problem. this is where that you, you said, okay, so I, I need to do something with my life. I need, I need to, to re re-engineer that life and, and work and do something that's really going to make me gross, really going to make that, that void that I have inside that emptiness being fulfilled and, uh, and do something to help others, like what was that reasoning? Like, how did you come to this conclusion that brought you to what what you're currently doing? Yeah, so it's it's like I, I want to be clear though. Like, it wasn't like things were miserable or anything. You know what I mean? Like, like they weren't. I wasn't walking around with a long face or whatever. Um, no, but there's a lot. lot. Where I want to go with this is there's a lot of people that are exactly into that position right now. They they have it good right? They can travel, they, mm -hmm. they have the money, they, they have a good job, uh, a good position. You know, from the outside, it's all good. But when they go in bed at night, there's this, this it's, it's so not complete. Ah, it's not complete. What's the purpose of all this, right? So this is, this is more where we're going. It's not that you were miserable, but like that was something which was lacking. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So when, when it happened was, so around 2015, this feeling started. And when I was, I'm 34 now. And when I was 18 years old, I saw a guy named Bob Proctor. My mom uh, brought me to him. She didn't know who he was and, and I didn't know who he was. And uh, so she brought, she brought me to 
uh, see him. She's like, Hey, there's some guy talking to this hotel tonight. So I went there and yeah, and those, it was a two hour talk. And in those two hours, you know, totally changed everything for me. You know, I, I walked in, I walked in one person and, and I walked out a totally different person. In but then two course, hours. In two hours. Yeah. Yeah. He changed. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he, he messed me up. So. Yeah. He messed me up bad. So then, uh, for three years I would like go to his events and things like that. And, uh, then when I turned 21, I went through another sort of pretty big shift. And, uh, then I kind of went off on my own. Yeah. Yeah. You you stopped continuing. And and would you say it was, this is what was the the catalyst of making that first change in your life? Oh yeah. There's no question. I've had four positive emotional impacts in my life and two of them have been created by Bob Proctor. And they're every one of them is I call them positive impacts, but every one of them is a painful experience. Why is it painful? Well, because like you hold a mirror up to yourself, Mm. you know, being honest with yourself isn't easy, right? Like you're, you know, especially if you feel like you're not in an environment that's conducive to even being honest. So you're going to say to yourself, well, I'm miserable. And people say, well, don't be miserable. It's like, well, shit, I am though. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so, so then what, about- what, what did you do with the, the one that you experienced? Like, uh, when you said that it took you about two and a half years. So basically you were about 32 when you uh-huh. say, okay, like this has to change. Like I'm, I'm, it's, it's not going to fulfill me. I'm not, if I continue this way, uh, I'm going to get myself sick because I, I remember we had a conversation. You were talking about that. You're, you, you, I mean, you, you started like really disliking uh, the environment that you were in, like the construction and the real estate and all those things. You, you really started to not like what you were doing. Oh yeah. It would make me very angry too. It became all like I would, you know, I was even talking on a call this morning, how, um, yeah, sometimes I would I would like lose control with anger. Now you you're 32 years old. You you're having like a a good business. You're earning millions of dollars. Yet you're not happy. Yeah, exactly. And then that like because you're not happy, you tend to create more of the, that non happiness. Even though that on the surface and from society standard, I mean you're successful. Yeah, sure. Like, so what, what it started happening was I got that, I got Spotify and, um, I would just still, I'd still listen to like, you know, Bob Proctor and Earl Nangiel and and Napoleon Hill. And I always stuck to the classics too. I never veered too much, which I'm beginning to shift my thinking around that too. Um, but I'd always stick with the classics and, uh, you had to be at least, you know, at least 80 years old (laughs) or dead for me to listen to you. (laughs) So there's something with that that wisdom. (laughs) That was the criteria. It had to be. Then I thought to myself, "Well, shit, no one's gonna listen to me if they if they go pay the same criteria that I have because I'm only 32." So, uh, so yeah. So I I began to. I how it started was I I found this little recording of Napoleon Hill, and it's called "Deafness of Purpose," and it's on Spotify. And it's a live recording, and and if anybody on your show, I would highly recommend you you go and listen to it. But so what what what's the name of it again? It's called Definiteness Definiteness of Purpose. 
So basically, it's one of the, the main thing into his book, uh, Think and Grow Rich, like he's talking all the time about definiteness of purpose. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. But so, then there's a recording of him on Spotify where that he's talking specifically about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I can send it to you and you can post it. I don't really know how your podcast is set up or whatever, but you could post it. Like, it's very, very powerful. But what happened was I, I stumbled across it. And I was, I started listening to it. And then the next thing I knew, like every year, Spotify tells you what your most listened to song is. Mm-hmm. And um, Deafness of Purpose was my most, it's not even a song. It's, it's like a 63 minute recording. And I listened to that more than anything else. I think I listened to it like 250 times that In year. A year. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. I couldn't stop like a lunatic. And then, and that was in 2016. Then in 2017, it was uh, same recording. I listened to it. It was third. Now the other two songs that beat me out were my daughter, who was like four years old at the time. So they can get pretty obsessive too. Um, so she would listen to Elastic Heart by Sia. So that beat it out. But I never listened to those songs. So it was my most listened to song again in 2017. And actually this year again, I just got uh, I just got my my Spotify annual thing, and it's it's still number one. So for the last three years, it's the most listened to thing I have listened to in the last three years, every year. So you would, you would, you would classify this uh, recording as the main thing that have helped you to shift that mindset. Yeah. Plus, uh, of course, like in the past year, you, you, you invested a lot of time and effort and money as and well. Money. Your craft, right? <laughs> yeah, and money. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so... so- so basically a year ago, like that shift happened, like after listening to that recording for a couple of years, then you, you decided, okay, like that's, that's it now. Now I need to, I need to make the jump. Yeah. And even looking back at hindsight, I think it just started happening. So I probably listened to that recording 450, maybe 500 times. And I think what really happened was now, you know, now I know a lot more about the subconscious mind and the power of our thinking and, uh, and our vibrations. I, um, I think my subconscious mind just got so sick and tired to listen to the recording about deafness of purpose. I think it was just like, Oh shit, like here, just have it already. Like God, like I'm just sick of listening to the recording. Like just, just have your purpose already. So then in 2017, an idea popped in my head and it was, Hey, I wonder if Bob Proctor still does, does uh, seminars and stuff. So I started Googling and another online presence was a lot better. So I went down to the paradigm shift in 2017 and my, my wife came with me and I'll never forget this because it was an extremely like painful experience. Uh, the whole, the whole event was, and, and days afterwards as well. Um, almost I mean, had like you, you, you coming, you, you just freaking out everybody right now with that painful experience. Like I explain what, where is the pains coming from? I, I know you said that, you know, he's like kind of looking at yourself in the mirror, but why there's so much pain into this, this change, this paradigm shift? Hmm. Well, one thing that I do remember very clearly is, uh, so Bob's up on the stage and he, and he says, systematic study with professional mentorship is the key to making quantum leaps and changing paradigms. Now, prior to that, I thought I was a pretty smart guy. You know what I mean? Like you could have talked to me four years ago and uh, I thought I was, I was a pretty smart person. So when he said that to me, it was really painful because I had realized that I had never studied much at all and uh, I'd never really gone direction. And you didn't have a mentor? No. 
So now all of a sudden it's kind of this realization, yeah. well, I'm not I'm just, that smart. No, I'm actually quite stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the pain's coming from. <laughs> yeah, that's where the pain's coming from. Just it's, like, where, it's where you realize that your, your, your reference are all erroneous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't really like what I had. So, but then I'm there trying to defend it or trying to figure it out all the time, you know, and, and since this is something that we've been talking about is like uh, the, the, the way that people are defending their, their self-limitating beliefs and with, with passion, mm -hmm. like you were the one that brought this to my attention when you says, I like, know, look at how much you try to defend that self-limitating beliefs you're having. Oh, it's, it's fascinating. Like, Jesus Christ, what are you doing? Yeah, it's unbelievable. That people, they're just, they're just, we're just not wired. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's environmental. I don't know if it's genetic. I, I don't know. The more people I talk to, the more and more I lean towards the genetic conditioning is the primary and environmental is just a, an effect of that. That's more my, but that's just today that could change. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think we're really all that much programmed to ever ask for help. And we're definitely not programmed to ever invest in anything. You know, I, I, um, I got to find the video of it, but I remember Warren Buffett was doing a talk um, with a whole bunch of college kids. I think it might've been even in the I 90s. know exactly which one you're talking about. This is a great video. When he says yeah. investment in yourself is the best investment you can do in your life. Yeah. He said like, he does some kind of math stuff and he says to them, he said, would you, if I give you a hundred thousand dollars or something right now, would you give me like 5% of your income for the rest of the year or your life or something like that? And, uh, everybody and then, says yes. Yeah. Everybody says, yeah. And then he said, okay. He said, anyone that said yes, he's like, I will give you another $50,000 if you do personal development. Because he knows that he's going to get his return on investment back because they're going to do it. Like if you go in, like um, there's like an HBO special with Warren Buffett and he's in his office and his like the thing, he ch one of the things he cherished the most in his whole entire office was when he did the Dale Carnegie course. Is that right? Yeah. It's on HBO. You can, you can, um, so like one of the, the richest men in the world, like one of the best investor probably in, in history, as we know, yeah. uh, tells you that uh, one of the best courses he did was with Dale Carnegie, which is a, a course on sales, on selling, right? Yeah. And just, yeah, personal development in general. Yeah. Like Dale Carnegie would have been the speaker, you know, the original seminar creator kind of guy and i'm reading right now like if you if you actually read between the lines like i'm reading that other principles by ray dalio and if you're not aware um you would never pick it up but like he starts out talking about visualization um he just draw and he just drops it very subtly because he is a very logical man he runs the biggest hedge fund in the world i believe and um from nothing to that and then he talks a lot about transcendental meditation, which is supposedly uh, extremely good for self-actualization. Yeah, uh, this Same is a great fine. this is a great book. If you are not aware of Ray Dalio principles, uh, I really recommend that book as well. Uh, great, great principles about how that he created his company, and those principles are are very very straightforward. I love the honesty. 
behind the way that he's running his business and, and as well, the way that people are talking to each other. But it's always in the greater good, right? It's not about like, oh, ego and all those things. So it's, it's a phenomenal book. Um, really recommend that as well. Yeah, and then big time honesty is built into his culture. Yes. Honesty and accountability and directness is like huge. So he which, runs like a, the, the funny part, this is not taught in school. No, he so, runs like a, a thing called a meritocracy. Yeah. Is, yeah. Know? Yeah. I, I, I love that, but it's not taught in school. Like you, you don't, you don't hear about those things in school. Like this is really when you go to um, great people. I think like he's, he's, he's worth what? $17 billion or something like that. Ray Dalio. Um, yeah, he manages the way. Yeah. Even more. Yeah. Yeah, he managed, but I think it's his, his net worth, like personal net worth is it's just like uh, staggering. But he, he did that on his own, like from, from I think the garage as well. Like you have so many of those stories that people started business, you know, in, in the garage. And that's, that's being, being a visionary and, and acquiring as well, like being mentored by people which... Uh, which have been showing as well that they can mentor you. Right. Uh, yeah, so think, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's just the transference of ideas. So before I started doing it, like I never read. And then I, you know, I was doing a call this morning too. And, and I, and I was asking myself, you know, this week and I was asking other people to ask themselves, like, you know, this stuff is really wonderful to study. Like it really is like, it can make you feel good. And, you know, you could hop on YouTube right now and, go, you know, watch a nice video and you'll, you know, probably get your mind going a little bit and you'll feel pretty good. But I always ask myself, like, how good am I at taking a non-physical idea and moving it into physical form? Are you going back again to the crazy talk now? Yeah. <laughs> I, you, you've got to understand that when you're talking about this, like most people are not following you. So what, what do you mean by that? Well, life is just full of ideas, right? So life is just all about how can I get, this is my current results. I don't like them. How can I take this thing that I do want into my life? That's really all it is. Like it's everything starts as a non-physical thing in the form of an idea or a desire. And like you, you can look at it, just think about even yourself, like, you know, how many goals you have or things you'd like to see happen in your life. Well, you're going to find that everybody, we all do that. So even if you think about like, you're going to make a to-do list last night. Well, that to-do list is just ideas. So you're going to say, I'd like to bring the laundry in or get the dry clean done or, you know, ABC, whatever other tasks or get groceries. Well, that's an idea right? And now you're going to take this idea and then you're going to execute it the next day. So, so what, is- you're saying, what you're saying is if I have an idea of creating, for example, a flying shoes, it is the same thing that going to pick up or do my dry cleaner and bring my clothes to the dry cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. The only difference is one will just really challenge your belief system because you know how to get to the dry cleaner now if you had already if if you already had created it flying shoes then you would just start putting them on the production line and start sending out flying shoes that would be no different than now it would become a reality in the physical world 
So then therefore you would have no problem with it. You know exactly how to make flying shoes. But then the next thing is you got to keep growing again. So it's like, okay, now you're flying shoes. Okay, well, I sold 100 pairs of flying shoes this year. Okay, well, can I sell 100 pairs of flying shoes a day? Now that's a goal. Wow. So what you're saying right there is that the idea, like every time you have an idea is like to, first of all, take that idea and, and make it into a physical um physical manifestation of that idea, right? Which could be anything. It goes like from uh, doing your, your laundry all the way to create like something extraordinary, like for example, the glass phone, which everybody has one now, which was an idea in the beginning of 2000, right? It was, yeah. that was nothing which was bringing us to that. Yeah, we knew that the phone gonna change, but at the time that was a flip phone, which was now absolutely amazing, right? But then uh, that idea became reality. And when you do that, then the idea is to continuing to create new ideas so you can continue the growth. Is that what you, you're mentioning? That's, that's what you're yeah. right now. Yeah, exactly. And, then, and doing, them, uh, you know, doing it something that you really like to do. That's the other thing too. But it's like, yeah, life's all about just moving, moving things from a non-physical state and, you know, into a physical state. So for instance, like today on the call that I had this morning, I was asking, you know, because I was asking myself, I don't ask people questions if I don't ask them of myself. Um, that would be, that'd be ridiculous. Um, so I ask, I ask myself, and then I ask other people, I say, you know, what am I doing right now that I have an idea of doing that I'm not doing? Or, or like, what, I, what do I really want to do that I'm currently not doing that I'm allowing not to happen? It'd be the same thing that you probably had, a, had an idea to a certain goal you'd like to achieve. And I don't know how long this podcast um, idea was in your mind, if it came and you acted right away, or if it was there for some time and you just kept putting it off or whatever it is. Um, but eventually you move that idea from a non-physical state into a physical state. And now we have a result, but I think too many times, like with this information, with this kind of, you know, motivational stuff and, 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 and thought stuff, um, I think we can get way too locked, uh, carried away because it does feel good. So we can get way too carried away with actually not executing, um, the ideas that do come. So it's not just about, and, and I, I'm happy that you're saying that because it's not just about thinking and, and be, you know, sitting into a meditation, meditative pause and just think like it's, you've got to move into action. That is where you're going to make those ideas into uh, the physical form. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I, I don't really know. Okay. This is, I'm just speaking from ignorance here because I don't know. And I don't know if anyone knows. Um, but like, you know, you can have yogi dudes that are in India and they've been sitting on the corner of a street for 40 or 50 years in a meditative state. Okay. Are they helping us on a non-physical? They very well might be like, they might be like, they might be praying for us or sending out some really, really powerful energy through the world. Right. But on, on the physical stuff, like I, I, they're not doing all that much, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I don't really know like if, uh, if they're, if they're making big shifts globally with, with their meditation and stuff, or if they're actually just literally sitting there on the, on the corner of a street for 40 years. And wasting <laughs> like, time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, exactly. So, I, I so basically, the idea is to do a little bit like what Ray Dalio is doing. Is like he's using meditation to find his ideas and get inside from the non-physical, but then he's moving into actions and and put those ideas into execution and get results out of it. Yeah, well, what he says in the book too, he said he would get an idea, he would jump in, try to survive, and eventually make so many mistakes that he eventually would win. And the, the idea of the podcast is success comes with fuck ups is you've got to try it. You've got to make mistakes. You've got to, to fail, to fall, to, to take step back. But if you keep persisting, you're going to, you're going to get results and you're going to succeed. Yeah, that's the deal. But you got to have a reason why you're sacrificing. And that's, I think, you know, I think that's what happened to me. I, I didn't know why I was doing what I was doing. I was just doing it. People would even say, why are you doing that? And I say, I don't know why I'm building all these properties. I didn't even really have a strong desire to retire. I wasn't like, you know, my, my, my ideas around money have shifted today. I enjoy money, but even then, like, I don't even know if money was a, is a motivator. So I was just building this thing with no purpose behind it. I wasn't, I wasn't giving with to anybody and it's not that I didn't want to. I just didn't even know. Like I really just didn't even know. That is pretty much a floating. Yeah. How many people do you think is floating like this with their life? I'd say over 99%. You would go that far? Yeah. Wow. So what, what is the idea then, like from that point on, you took, you took the bull by the horn and then you made a decision, okay, I'm going to make a change. And then uh, you went to see Bob Proctor and what happened from there? Yeah, so I had a pretty significant emotional impact. And then there was an opportunity there to, you know, become a consultant with him. Well, you know, I didn't, I didn't cry. <laughs> I didn't cry in front of the salesman, uh, but I did cry in my room <laughs> and, uh, because I couldn't believe it. It was like I wanted to do this kind of work since I was 18 years old. Uh, I just didn't know I could because my own ignorance. I never knew that was even possible. I never really understood what they were saying. I never really understood that, you know, you hold an idea in your mind long enough, it moves into form. You know, the thing you think that you give energy to grows I never really knew that, you know, so my paradigm or still had involvement, uh, my conditioned thinking still had involvement that I could never even really work with Bob Proctor. Right. So when I got, when I, when there was an opportunity presented in front of me, um, I, I well, it was a done deal within 48 hours and then very fascinating things began to happen. Um, so right away I went out and I got, got some clients for, for my consulting business and, uh, and then the first thing when I was so excited, so then my first me I was ever going to have my paradigm kicked in and it started saying like, who do you think you are? You know, you're just the, you're just the construction guy. Um, what do you know about personal development? Call all those people back, you know, give them their money back. And even no then shit. I, oh really? yeah. And then, yeah. Call, call, call PGI for the Proctor Gallery and back. See if you can get your money back. Um, oh, it was all that. It was all hell broke loose. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And then even then, like I even had a, I, and it took me months to even, you know, discern from, 
um, charging people for this information at the same time, that was a huge thing I had to overcome. It was huge because my back, back before I would think that you know, everything, these, this sort of stuff should be free. Well, that's an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. I had this talk with someone who was, he was from India and then he's sending me some weird stuff like out of the blue. And, uh, and then just give me like a rant on all this. And he says like, this information is universal. So it should be free. It's like, you, you got them right. It is universal and it's free, but you cannot, you have it and you cannot apply it. So what we are presenting is a methodology that's going to ensure you to get the success you want. Yeah, exactly. Because what's going to happen to him is the same thing that happened to me. The information will filter through his paradigm. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't have anybody straight talking him or, or pushing or, or showing him, you know, how a better way of asking questions, then his paradigm is going to process all the information. So it's the same way that his paradigm's processing it now that it should be free. So when he sees it, now his paradigm's processing all the information and he's missing the, missing the trick. Missing the essence, missing yeah. like how he can really put it to practice and get the results he's looking for. Yeah, bingo. So it, it took a long time. It took probably months before I could actually overcome that. And, and, uh, and it just come through, through asking myself a whole bunch of questions. Just ask myself a lot of questions. And now after all this <laughs> like craziness that happened, all those, those fuck-ups, because that's, that's really, I mean, you went from having a multi-million dollar real estate construction company and, and then you took the decision, okay, I'm going to all throw this away. And I'm going to put all of my energy in a new business now into personal development. Yeah. And how do, how are you now? Like what, what's the feeling now? Oh man, I was saying to my wife, even just last night that, um, like I don't have any anxiety anymore. Like when I go to bed at night, like I actually sleep really well. Uh, my days are just perpetual growth, like perpetual growth never ends. Like if you had me on this podcast next week, I'd be a different guy. Like it's just so, nonstop. And then, so and then growth, it goes that fast every day. If you're, if you're not different, if you're not a different person than you were yesterday, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> you probably freaked out everybody right there. It's just like, what? Yeah, life like, is short. You know, like I remember when I experienced my first quantum leap, um, I asked Bob, I said, uh, Bob Proctor, I asked him, I, I asked him, um, I said, man, like, because my first quantum leap, it was painful. Like, it, it was bad. It was very, very painful because it was so fast growth. And I said to him, uh, man, do I got to live in a quantum leap forever? And uh, he said, yeah, because life is short. So if you're not living in a quantum leap at all times, even if you were to live in a successfully sustain a quantum leap from now until you, you know, went, went to the, went to the other side, um, you still wouldn't even scratch the surface and accomplish everything you want to accomplish. So yeah, if you, you allow, if you would allow yourself to go there. Yes. Into really what you want to accomplish because most people, they start thinking about those things as, oh no, I, I can't. So they, they just destroyed that, that desire 
right from the inception point. Yeah, exactly. So there, you're going to have two things that will destroy desire and a goal. And one is other people. So fear of criticism is the number one killer of all, of all hopes and dreams. Okay. And desires like, you know, take it very simple. Like, Oh, I want to go on a, you at a family dinner and you're like, Oh, I'd like to go on a trip to Mexico. And then, you know, your, your father-in-law is like Mexico, like, man, don't you know, there's like kidnappings going on in Mexico right now. And you're like, Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll just let that go then. And that's how fast you can let go of things you want. Right. And then the other thing is what we we're talking about earlier with the paradigms and how I think most of our conditioning is formed genetically. Well, I think we're full to the brim of other people's opinions. Like, I think we're full of them. Like, you know, you know, everybody's familiar with like the angel on the one shoulder and the, and the devil on the other shoulder. Mm. But has anyone ever, I know me personally, has anyone ever stopped and say, what is that? Who, who is that person talking to me? Why am I struggling with this decision? It's weird. It's true. Nobody really pays attention to <laughs> there's someone talking. I mean, we have a conversation with ourselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We talk to ourselves. And there's two people talking. Why, why are they talking and, and who's talking? And, and who the hell's talking? Uh-huh. Right. And, and I'm, I think it's the opinions of other people like just conditioning that's occurred from environmental and genetic conditioning. So as, as these, as these ideas are floating around in your head, um, they, they'll challenge, they'll challenge you. So a lot of times we abandon what we want just through our own thinking. I'm not good enough. I can't do that. And really it's an ignorance because I don't think people have ever been taught and I, I don't really like to go here, you know, with school systems and stuff, because it just is what it is. Um, people are never taught how to think. But as well, and thinking can be learned the same way that you learn to play piano or a computer skill. Yeah, you could study how your arm moves and you could study how muscles move or anything. But no one, not, no one is ever, not that many people are taught how the mind operates. And this is really where that your entire work now is, uh, your entire life is dedicated to that now. Oh, yeah. And you want to help as many people as you want. And I know we, we talked about your goals and, and where you're going with all this. Uh, but you, you are living this way. You are having a great life. And now you feel that fulfillment that you were looking for. Yeah, when, but it's when you drop your other business. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't come, it doesn't just come without challenges. You know, like it's the life still is <clears throat> involved. <laughs> life still is involved in the process, but you just don't let go of what you want. So as you move towards something, you begin to gain an understanding that, well, I'm like a magnet. Like I've, I've said this to lots of people before, like what you want to do is you want to imagine like you're a drop of water and your goal or whatever you'd like to see happen is another drop of water. And you want to bring those two drops together. You want to become one with, with the goal, like have be in harmony. A lot of, lot of us were the drop of water and the goal is like oil mm. and we don't ever blend with it. That's a great analogy. Right? So when you start, when you, you can unify yourself with what you want. And then you've got something really powerful behind you and you've got yourself a purpose. 
Now with purpose and stuff, I think that's just a gift. I think you have to ask for a purpose. Like, you know, I, I was um, talking to my wife the other day and I was saying to her, um, let's say I never go to the gym. Well, I'm never going to get the benefits of going to the gym. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, will maybe poo poo or, or not understand this sort of conversation that we're having, but you know, you can go, let's say someone is an atheist, for instance, let's just say, and then this person's never really tried prayer or meditation or never done all that much to, um, uh, create that belief system. Well, then they'll never get the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same as going to a gym. So it's the same thing with this sort of stuff. Like if you've never, uh, you know, decided that you want something better for yourself, or you've never um, studied any of this kind of material, then you won't benefit from them. What would you say to someone that wants to get involved with something like this, but has fear and just doesn't know where to start? I think the the starting point of it all is I think there's two places to start. I think the I think the first the first place uh to start is um you have to ask yourself what what do you really want? Or if you're not even at that phase, I think you have to become dissatisfied with what you have. Yeah, this dissatisfaction is a great motivator, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you look at your life right now and I look at my life right now and, and if everybody on the call looks at their life right now, you're going to find areas in your life that you're not dissatisfied, that you're dissatisfied with, but you're also going to find areas in your life that you've been accepting something that you probably aren't really satisfied with, but you've been accepting it. Mm. So that's those areas that you have to, to start with and reflect on those and say like, okay, what do I really want there? And not just accept that situation or condition or circumstances, which truly you've been living this for so long that you don't even question that anymore. Yeah. I just don't, I think, (laughs) I I think the greatest discovery in the next hundred years is that human beings that we have a mind and we can use it. I think that's, that'll be the greatest discovery. That's deep. That's deep. And it's so simple. And I don't know why it's buried inside. I don't know. But I think wow. that'll be the greatest discovery that you have a mind and you can use it. And every single thing in your entire life comes through your mind. So if someone wants to start developing their mind, Uh, They've got to first look at what is it that they want, they really, really want, and look at the areas in their life that they are dissatisfied and use this as a motivator for them to start moving. Yeah, I think so. And even if you don't even know what you want, then just go get help from someone that can help you even sort out how to get, how to even start that process. Because a lot of times like, you, you don't even know where to start, so then you don't start. So I think even lots of people are at the point where in their life that they don't even know that they don't even know, right? So they don't even know that they don't even know. So 
you even need to go reach out if you think, okay, I, there's something here. I'd like to explore something. Then you start trying to figure it out. But then usually someone might try something once and maybe that person, you know, fell short in the delivery of the information and then they quit. They say, oh, that doesn't work. Hmm. So I think without a really strong desire for change, the chances of change are zero. So to complete this, this podcast for this episode, what is the question you would like to leave the, the audience with so that they can really get out there and, and think and say like, you know what, I, I think I'm going to try, I'm going to try that. Yeah, I think what I'd like to leave everybody with is that um, every human being is special. I believe that every human being is infinite. And um, if there's one area of your life that you'd like to improve, um, and, you're, and I think I'd ask the question of like, are you, do you actually truly want to improve it, whatever area it is, that as soon as you decide on an area of your life that you'd like to improve, go get help in that area. David Conway, thank you so much for this. I think uh, the audience have been getting a lot of insight and especially for some, from someone which is in the age range, right? Like a millennial, which have been successful, but still was dissatisfied and, and took the bull by the horn and make a change. Even when, you know, you were in the society standard already uh, in, in a very good position. So uh, thank you for this and uh, looking forward to hear from you uh, another another time. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Congrats Ciao. on the podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please write a review and subscribe to never miss a future episode of After Dark with Mark. As well, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mark Jospitre.